0: I want, you to, I want you to stay right with me in what you have seen this morning. Uh, I, I really feel like, uh, I mean, this is true every Sunday uh, to a certain extent, but I really feel like um, we have been spoken to through what we have sung this morning and through particularly, maybe it was just me, but particularly what we've seen this morning. And I simply, in the few moments we have left, I want to just take what we've sung and what we've, what we've just visual, visually seen and I want to just give you uh, some glasses to put on to filter it through. And, and the glasses are, uh, are another analogy that Jesus uses. Uh, we're doing a series entitled I Am. And looking at some of the, the statements that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John in the New Testament where Jesus said many times, I am. And we've looked at I am the light of the world. I am the true vine. I am the bread of life. We've tried those lenses on as we talk about who Jesus is. And this morning, for these few moments, here's the lens for this morning. I am the good shepherd. From John 10. Listen to a couple of the words from John 10. I'm not going to read the whole passage, but I want you to hear these. Jesus says in John 10, beginning of verse 1, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Then down in verse 11, Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. That's the the, the, the visual image I want to leave us with. This morning, And and it's really the image that that I want you to to filter through what you've just seen visually this morning coming to the feet of Jesus with all our stuff, whatever your stuff is, what would be written on your piece of paper and leaving it there and and finding freedom at his feet. I want you to filter that through that image of Jesus being the good shepherd. This image is powerful. In fact, I would argue it's even more powerful than some of the other I am statements. I'm the light of the world. Etc. As powerful as those statements are, this one's, I think, extra powerful because this one's personal. This is a visual image that doesn't just talk about light or bread. It talks about being the shepherd. And Jesus is choosing a particular image there that is personal. This I am statement doesn't just tell us who Jesus is or what he does for us. Get this. It tells you how he feels about you. It gives an image about how he feels about you when you come to him like this. He says, I'm, I'm like a shepherd that carefully tends to his sheep. Not just any old shepherd. I'm a good shepherd. I want to leave you with three things just to, to chew on as you have lunch this afternoon. That sort of just flower out this image for us of Jesus being the good shepherd. What does it mean that Jesus is the good shepherd? Well, it means first of all in the scripture that he knows his sheep. A good shepherd knows his sheep. If you've ever heard a sermon or read anything on on the relationship between shepherd and sheep, you'll know that that shepherds, particularly in this day and age, had a very very personal relationship with their sheep. It sounds kind of odd to us urbanites. But shepherds had a very personal uh, relationship with their sheep. In fact, shepherds knew their sheep in such a way that would shock outsiders. In fact, true shepherds knew the nuance of every individual sheep. We see a flock of sheep and we think, well, they all look the same. They, they, they're white, dirty spots. Bah, like that's pretty much all we know about them. But a shepherd knows individual sheep knows their, their personalities, knows their personal foibles, he knows his sheep. Now, at first glance, that might sound great. Well, he knows me. He, you know, I'm a sheep and he knows each of us and he understands us. It's, um, actually, when you delve a little bit deeper, it's a little bit more insulting. Why does the shepherd need to know sheep? Um, that comprehensively? Why would a shepherd who's in charge of a flock of sheep need to know the individual nuances of his sheep that, that comprehensively? The answer is because sheep are dumb and stupid. They're not known for their intelligence. Sheep are helpless. They wander aimlessly. They get lost easily. They're directionally challenged. They panic. They get excited. They don't know what to do. That's what sheep are like. Most domesticated animals, um, if, if you were if you left them on their own, you know, if you took a dog out into the woods and you, you, you let it go and, and, and just um, took off on it, the dog would do either one of two things. The dog would either go wild. Woohoo, I'm free. And he would run everywhere or it would it would ha- instinctively go home. It would do one of those two things. Sheep do neither of those things out in the fields on their own. They don't say, woohoo, I'm free. And they wander. They go off on their own. They don't do that. and, And they don't make it home either. They just sort of wander in a circle. What do I do? I don't know what to do. And the shepherd knows that. So the shepherd has to know each of them, know all their personalities so that he can properly care for them. You see, Jesus, whether we like to admit it or not, knows what we're really like. The signs that we hold up, He's not surprised by because He knows us. He knows the essence. Get this. He knows the essence of our sheepness. The Apostle Paul in Romans 7 gives us a picture of of the sheepness that we endure where, where Paul says, you know, what I want to do, I just don't do. And what I don't want to do, That's what I end up doing. Can anybody relate to that? Or is it just me? What I want to do, what I know I'm supposed to live, I just don't do it. And what I don't want to do, what I'm supposed to stay away from, I end up doing it. That, my friends, is the essence of sheepness. And Jesus says, I know you. I know your sheepness. In fact, he doesn't just get our general sheepness. He gets our individual sheepness whatever would be on the page for you. He understands it. He knows your personal sheepness. He knows you. He knows me. You might want to ask yourself this week, what's the biggest thing in my life right now I'm trying to hide from God? Because He knows it anyway. The good shepherd knows his sheep. Here's the second one. The good shepherd, the pastor says, lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 11 to 13. He lays down his life for his sheep. This is incredible. And and if you've been in church your whole life, you just need to say, God, give me fresh ears to hear this. The good shepherd knows you like nothing or no one else. Nothing you can hide from him. He knows The the, the movie of your entire life, past, present, future, knows it all. Nothing in secret, nothing hidden. He knows it all. He knows you. He knows your sheepness. And get this. He lays down his life for you. Knowing what he knows about you. Oh, God, if you really knew what I was like, you would never have died on the cross for me. No. He knows your sheepness. He knows your personal sheepness. And yet the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, still willing to lay down his life. Think about this for a second. What if we all really knew each other? I think I used this analogy a a number of months back. But what would happen if all of what goes on in our lives was we had the ability to throw it up on the screen? So that, you know, there would be nothing about you that I wouldn't know. and There'd be nothing about me that you wouldn't know. What would happen if we did that on Sunday mornings? Talk about like a way to empty the church. What would happen if we knew each other that well? No secrets. We just knew everything about everybody. What, what, we'd probably walk away from each other. Because you'd find out at some point that at some point in my life I thought something negative about you or, or you about me. Or you'd find out what I'm really like and I'd find out we, uh, I don't want to be around you anymore. We'd walk away if we really knew each other. But the good shepherd knows us, knows you, sees it all, and still is willing to lay his life down for you. Sheep are the shepherd's treasure. You see, sheep are valuable animals. Every part of the sheep, the shepherd knew that every part of the sheep can be used. It's a very valuable animal. So the the sheep was guarded. The shepherd guarded the sheep and And the good shepherd knows how valuable you are. You are the good shepherd's treasure. That's in contrast to the hired hand in the passage. The hired hand, the one that you know watches the sheep while the shepherd is you know on vacation or whatever the shepherd does. The hired hand it's a job for him. You know, I'm hired to keep the sheep, but you know when push comes to shove and the wolf comes, I'm out of there. I'll make up a story to the shepherd. I fought with all my might, sir, but he the wolf overpowered me, ate all your sheep. The hired hand's not going to, you know, lay down his life for the sheep. But the shepherd does. The hired hand says in verse 13, cares nothing for the sheep. But the shepherd treasures the sheep and is willing to lay down his life. question you might want to wrestle with this week on this one is this. What hired hands do I entrust my well-being to. What, higher, what, are, what are the hired hands in my life and, 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 and what hired hands am I entrusting my life to instead of coming to the good shepherd who are the hired hands or what are the hired hands I'm entrusting my life to the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep it literally means there the good shepherd um, lays down his life in place of the sheep when the wolf comes the shepherd steps in between the wolf and the sheep and if necessary will die protecting the sheep That's what the good shepherd does for us. We can see the parallel analogy. Jesus lays down his life for us. The shepherd becoming the sacrificial lamb for the sheep. Why? Why does he lay down his life for the sheep? Because he treasures you? Let me ask you this this week. You might want to ponder this. I'm giving you a few questions to to ponder this week. I've noticed that, um, that Al has been posting um, on our church Facebook and, and Twitter pages some of these questions, so I'm assuming he's taking really good notes back there. But some of these are just good to, to reflect on during the week. Here's another question. Hard one. Am I comfortable with Jesus treasuring me? That might sound like a no-brainer. Well, of course I am. Some of us actually would, wouldn't be able to answer that question quickly. Am I really at ease and comfortable With the reality that the good shepherd treasures me. Or do I say, well, no, no, hey, oh, I got lots of stuff here. I don't know that he can treasure. Am I comfortable with the fact that he knows it all and he still treasures me and is willing to lay down his life for me? Here's the last one. A good shepherd gives his sheep what they need. Gives his sheep what they need. Verses 3 and 4 talk about the watchman um, opening the gate for the shepherd. And the shepherd calls his own sheep out by name and leads them out. They know his voice and they follow. That that picture. And and I did some more reading on this and realized what the watchman was. At at this time in history in particular, there was uh, oftentimes at night, um, different shepherds would bring their herds to a common place, to a common pen, and they'd lump them all together. And and throughout the night, there would be a watchman that would be hired. The, the sheep are in a pen, so they can't wander out. And the watchman would just be there to watch them, kind of like sheep babysitting. And then the shepherd would come back in the morning, and all the sheep of the different herds are mixed together. To us, it's like, whoa, this is a problem. How am I going to tell my herd from the next herd? And they don't have color coding. They're not like the nursery where you pin the kid's name on the back or whatever and so you can identify them. No, the shepherd just goes up and he just begins to call them out. He doesn't even have to go in the pen. He just begins to call them out by name and they start coming out. Why? Because they know his voice. The shepherd is giving his sheep what they need. Let me, give you, let me remind you of two things that the pastor says that the good shepherd gives us. He calls them by name. He calls them by name. Normal shepherd-sheep relationship, he would just call. He's like, hey, 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 come on, come on, let's go. And they would know his voice. He wouldn't say, you know, on Dasher, on Dancer, on Prancer, come on. Uh, he didn't have names for them in particular. But he would just call them. Come, come, let's go. Come on, it's time to go. And they would just know his voice. And they would and they'd just start following. I've been working on that sheep voice all week. Come on, give me some feedback. Was that good? That was good, wasn't it? But Jesus takes the analogy one step further here. He doesn't just say, you know, I come and I call and they know my voice. He says, I call them by name. And it is Jesus saying, you know, not on Dash or on Dancer. You know, come on, Robert. Come on, David. Come on, Hazel. Come on, Jamie. Calls us by name. Names, as I mentioned earlier in the service, are powerful in the Bible. Names uh, give give, um, uh, a sense of purpose and mission. Sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, names were actually changed by God to denote a new purpose and a new mission in life. Jacob became Israel. Saul became Paul. Simon became Peter to denote mission and purpose in life. At the feet of Jesus, we are named. We lay down all this stuff and we pick up a new name. Jesus names us, gives us purpose and significance and clarity. Sometimes we try and get significance and purpose and all that kind of stuff uh, away from the feet of Jesus, away from the feet of the shepherd. We try and, we try and, uh, we try and name ourselves. Oh, I'm going to get me my own purpose and significance. So we try and make a name for ourselves away over here. Sometimes we allow... Other things or other people to name us, to give us our purpose and significance. We allow the hired hands, as it were, to name us. And the shepherd says, why don't you come to me at my feet where I know you fully and I'm willing to lay my life down for you and let me name you. Question to ponder this week. What have the hired hands in your life named you? What are the false names you're carrying? What's the false um, significance and purpose of your life that you've allowed other things, other people, other hired hands to give you? And and perhaps it's time to name them and then come back to the feet of Jesus and give up those names and say, what is your name for me? He names the sheep and finally, finally he leads them out. Calls them by name and leads them out, it says. I've talked about this before, but it's a beautiful picture. Western shepherds in the Western world go behind the sheep and drive them. Get out a little whip. Come on. There you go. Let's go. Eastern shepherds out front of the sheep. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. And they follow. You see the difference? Jesus leads out his sheep. You need to know that as you walk out of this place today, whatever you say, I need to lay this stuff down and walk out, As you walk, the good shepherd walks with you. He doesn't drive you from behind. Come on, let's go. Crazy. Come on, let's go. Follow me. I'm right here with you. Good decisions, bad decisions. I'm still here. Follow me. But here's what I want to leave you with. The good shepherd... As he knows us, as he lays down his life for us, as he gives us what we need, we need leading. As he does all of that, the, the implication of the passage is this, that the sheep will actually follow. That as the, sh- as the shepherd calls, that the sheep will follow. You see, because the, the good shepherd is not just the good shepherd. The good shepherd is also the king in Scripture. The good shepherd is the shepherd king. And he says, I I want you to follow me. Not just in crisis times, not just with parts of your life, but I want you to lay it all down. And I want you to follow me, the shepherd king. I want you to follow me laid it down whatever the it is that god has spoken to you this morning he says i want you to follow and when we follow god he moves and when god moves god changes things we're going to close our service this morning the team's going to lead us in a um in in a prayer and maybe we'll just sing it through once laurie but the team can come forward now when you move our lives are changed As we're singing this song, I I simply want to ask you a question. If you had to write stuff down on your paper, I mean, the team had stuff written down, pride, doubts, perfectionist, shame, striving, regrets, Um, what do you need to lay at the feet of the good shepherd? And where is he calling you to simply trust him and follow him? Maybe a little bit of trusting at first, a little bit of following but increasingly to trust him more fully and say, God, you need to move in this area of my life because when you move, things change. And good shepherd, king, I will follow. Let's close our service.